Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shimon, Mr. Rob, and Ken. Episode 178. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shimon, Mr. Rob, and Ken. Episode that one, y'all? Yo, how y'all doing? No Ideas. I'm good, man. How y'all doing? That one, one of y'all, I hear some feedback. I heard it too. I think we're good, man. All right, we good. Good. I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm all right. What's up with you? What you been up to? This is what I've been up to. I'm on <laughs> oh, I see you, man. I've been, been watching the watching the videos there, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting a little inspiration in there. I'm waking people up with a little hip hop on there with the juice mix. But um <laughs> look, I got this gut. I said it I, I probably said it on the last couple of podcasts. I'm gonna get rid of this gut that started it. It's Mel and I um this juice. Uh, 28-day straight juicing. That's our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We just implemented a couple of seeds, like sunflower seeds. And you do the flax? Nah, just, you know, we we, 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 we would do the flax if we were doing a, a, like an ultimate cleanse, but the fruit right now is doing great wonders because we eat oh, a lot of apples. The apples is giving us our fiber, and that, and that, and that itself is helping for us. We're putting mm-hmm. that, we put together some good stuff, man. I tell you, I've got a burst of energy during the day. I don't lag off from fucking naps. <laughs> like, I'm really feeling my energy during the duration of the day. There's no lag the entire day. Oh, that's wow, good. That's good. I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like. What about from a um, weight standpoint? Because I know you said one of your goals is to lose a couple of pounds. Have you Have you been weighing yeah, yourself? I got on a scale. Um, when we started, I was 214. I'm under 208 now. Okay. Really? That's good, man. Yeah. Damn, that's good. You using one of those um cold press juices or like I have a um it is a power press, it's a masticated joint, so it really grinds it out and it spits out the pulp. Okay. And um and we use all the basic fruits and vegetables, man. There are only three or only two fruits that I can't use because it would uh, three things that I can't use because it'll affect with my meds. That's grapefruit, pomegranate, and kale. Gotcha. Blood thinners, those things are kind of stretching too much gotcha. <laughs> to me, and I don't want to bottom out. So outside of that, between pear, apple, orange, lemon, lime, uh, cherries, blueberries, raspberries, sunberries, blackberries, uh, celery, cucumber, we even squeezing some salute, ginger. Ricky. What's up? You, nice. know what you said ginger? ginger too. Ginger too, and it's funny. We got we made a crazy mason jar of ginger to squeeze the ginger. So the juice I have, bro, it squeezed the life out of you. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what's up, Nev? I see you, sir. So, yeah, that's that's, that's well, good, man. So, hey, how many days you trying to do it for? Twenty-eight. Today's day nine. Oh, nice. Ooh. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm a boy. Let me tell you something, no. The toughest part, I'm gonna be honest, because I'm a snack king, is when that <laughs> herbs come through chips, I want a cookie or make me a sandwich, uh, and I love bread too, so I'm happy that I've gotten past the herb part, and now I'm just in the rotation. Now. It's just a it's routine now. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure the first first 48 hours, the first three days. Got a headache, like doing. <laughs> you, you got you got your you got your devil on your shoulder yet? Yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No, nah, but in terms in terms of your digestive system, I'm sure it's probably been helpful. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you know, not to be crass, but I will be crass. Um, fluids assimilate. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm not gonna have much poop. Was I lying? Because here I am. I'm not taking in no solid foods, right? And no solid foods in a full week, and I'm still eliminating solid waste. Yeah. So that means we're all full of shit at some point. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like I said, and you asked about the flaxseed, yada. That's what the apples is for because the pepsin in the apples, the fiber in the apples, that shit just it pushes whatever's in there out the door, bro. Nice. So Stay thing. on it though, man. Stay on it. And you said the goal is what to get under two? My goal is to get under two, 195. So I'm at 208, coming from 216. So I got some ways to go. And I, I, I and I implemented a small little workout that I seen on, on Instagram, that I seen my boys doing a little calisthenic five, okay. 10 minute workout. Nice. Um, sure enough, it works. It's a burnout. I'll tell you something, my leg, my thighs is heavy the other day. I'm like, damn, son, I ain't feel that burn in a minute. Um, but you know, no pain, no gain. So it felt, it felt good. Yeah. You'd be surprised what you could do with diet and like exercise. I think like during the pandemic, I was able to get down from over two to like 175 at one point. Yeah. And when I went right, yeah, went right back to work. Right there, wasn't it? The bagels and the croissants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Croissants. Yeah, for sure. JS mm-hmm. Self Care. What's up, Janelle? How you doing? What up, um, man? Yo, so let's 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 get into it. Um, the first topic for tonight, first thing we want to talk about is half of US jobs requiring bachelor's degrees will be dropping their requirements in 2024. Just wondering from you guys' perspective, what do you think that's about and is it a good thing? Start, let's start with you, Rob. What do you think that's about? Well, you know, the companies are struggling. Companies are struggling. But my, my thing about that is that as companies are struggling, you're lowering or you're, you're, you're eliminating the bachelor degree requirement. Now, do you vet? How, how do you vet experience? Or how do you vet knowledge? Now, because... Um, now that you do that, now you open the market. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of high school graduates out there, people that just want jobs. But, you know, are they required or do they have the experience necessary to complete the job? Because that's important too. And come to find out about 80% of hiring managers and employers require experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not, not always along with the bachelors, but you gotta have some experience if you want to get the job yeah i I mean you know what maybe that's the reason why people are more inclined to waive the educational um component because maybe they feel like you know what if you if you've practiced it you know and you can demonstrate that you're capable of doing it then it's okay for us to move forward without you actually having the theoretical understanding of what it is that you're you're doing you know like um because you figure there are a lot of people got and you and you can train on the job too you know and if you bring somebody in you train them on the job they seem to be they can acclimate to what, you, what you're showing them and they seem to have a good head on their shoulders it seems mm-hmm. to work out i'm gonna be honest with you i'm a proponent of that i don't have a a bachelor's degree and i had a nice 20 plus year career in corporate america just by mm-hmm. hard work and right foot forward right place right time 
representing myself or presenting myself in a way. And I tell you, my name helped me too. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I got the, the most, you know what I'm saying? I say I got the most Caucasianist name in lot, the world. There's a lot of ambiguity there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what yo? Do you who who do you think is um who do you think that they think when they hear Shannon, what the candidate is gonna look like? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or Robert Nicholas, like Robert Nicholas. Yeah, we know who we get. I come in there with dreads. He was like, oh shit. Say Robert. Yeah. <laughs> they what they thought. I had the beard on. I was. I had everything on. My dreads. It was like that's a different Robert Nicholas, bro. That's yeah. But haven't we haven't we gotten to a time where it's like. It's almost like a setup, right? Because you figure, you see there are people who go to school um, forever and they get degrees. And then when they go for a job, people will be like, it's great you got a degree, but you don't have any experience. Or the other way around is that if you know, if you go for a job, you have all this experience, but then people will be like, it's great that you have all this experience, but this job actually requires a degree. So it, it, it kind of is, it's, it's very difficult, you know, to kind of have to have both to a degree, right? Because sometimes people aren't willing to take a chance on folks. What do you think, Kenyatta? You know what I, you know what I think is really driving this? I think the tech space is driving this because what's happening is mm. with the emergence of all these online schools and all these different um, tech trainers <laughs> and video trainings and stuff like that, you got kids that could code coming out of high school. Yeah. So they, right. don't, they don't need to go to school for that stuff no more. The only thing that's... Um, the only thing that's, that's bad about it is that you have a situation where it's going to become like a cyclic thing. So either college is going to have to drop their prices mm. or something's going to have to change because, it, again, uh, even though it's a university, it's a business. Like, I could, you know, speak of my own thing, you know, certain Wilson got a college degree and a master's, and it's not that easy to find a job even with those two things. Yeah. You drop the requirements and stuff. So it, it just changes a lot. Right, so what does that say for, 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 for people who graduate or looking to graduate with these classes? Mm-hmm. Like, do I get a shot? Mm-hmm. Are they giving this opportunity to those who don't even need to fulfill a discipline? Because what do you get from a bachelor? Explain. I don't know. What do you get from a bachelor? A commitment. I think what... what well, that's why I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree. I definitely think that a lot of times, you know, what happens is that there's an assumption that because a person has, you know, a certain amount of degree, de- degrees, that means that they, they have a, you know, higher intellectual capacity than somebody who may not have one. I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. I feel like a four-year degree shows that a person was able to, to, um, to commit to something and they made an investment um, in higher education. They believe strongly in higher education. I think when you start talking about masters masters is more um specialty oriented you know like your master's degree is more so around whatever your discipline is um so i'm not i I mean like i'm not opposed to i think that i think it opens it up um but i also wonder i was thinking like when we, we brought this up like some of the professions that possibly require a bachelor's degree and if they actually really require a bachelor's degree because you'll see places that are you know fairly decent paying jobs where you know maybe um, a manager at uh, uh, J.C. Penney's or whatever it is is making eighty grand, but they require uh, a bachelor's degree. Well, you know, I don't. What do they what do a bachelor's degree in? Right. You know. Yeah. I think, what I think what's interesting about those jobs is that a lot of times, even people like you can go to school for business. They would tend to take somebody who worked in that place for multiple years that kind of understood the business, as maybe even as associate in that role before they would take somebody that came out of school. As just mm-hmm. a person that went to school for management, right? 
on IG said um, you get in debt and have to work to pay it off it's to keep you working education should be free to the public in a country like the USA yeah I mean yeah. other countries definitely have that over us yeah, I, I know somebody who um who actually a lot of shit other countries have over us. Oh you know? well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. there's I know a guy who started off working like in a shoe department in a shoe store, and yeah. becoming the, the manager of the what's him of the actual shoe department, and then becoming like the person like the buyer and the order all through the progression of being at the job. And this is for Macy. Yeah. So yeah. you you some you a lot of times when you. Without degrees and stuff, you could progress through. I don't know if he would have got the role if he just came in from school to be like a manager. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know. A lot of it has to do with I think like also the impression, like what you what you value or what's the premium placed on things. Because like there are people that I know that that they they go to school solely based on thinking that because I go to school, it should guarantee that I should get a promotion or I should yeah. move further. And um, you know, like I tell a lot of the students that I work. With, that if your expectation is that just because you've you've gone to school if your expectation is that just because you've gone to school that automatically you're gonna get a promotion it doesn't work that way it's not gonna happen like that for you uh, uh, are, are they are they dropping this requirement because diversity market for are they are they losing business maybe people aren't going for jobs you got more entrepreneurs and more people doing things on their own now than it is you know, I was wondering about that. Like, no, I think you're right. Holy, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going for the entrepreneur route. They're trying to do their own things, and I think mm-hmm. in some cases that makes sense. I don't think a lot of people also think that though, too, because people give you the impression or they say the thing they don't want to work forty hours for somebody else's vision or somebody else's job, but you're gonna work a hundred hours. You for work your harder own, for yourself, for yourself, yeah, for your own vision or something, and, and with some. There's no no guaranteed bottom line in that either. So yeah, and, you know, and, and like I said, like if it's in the tech industry, like Yada said, I get it because yeah. look at where we at. AI is through the roof. Everything is technological, and it's going to be that way. So you're going to need the bodies. You're going to mm-hmm. need. Yeah. You're going to need. You're going to need the little fourteen year old code writers and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's necessary to have an open. Uh, venue for that without requirement. Yeah. These kids nowadays, the millennials and passed on, they're finding ways to get past having to do all of that that extra work, I would say. Mm. Get where they need to go. Like, I mean, you, you see it all day, man. People get on here on YouTube and become sensations overnight, showing toys and showing their ass mm. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, so then, so then that brings me to this, this question. And so then, what in fact are there jobs that you feel that a bachelor should remain absolutely mandatory? That schooling is absolutely mandatory and you need to teach. Because I wouldn't put my doctor straight out of high school. Yeah, no, I'm not taking a doctor off no videos. Yeah, you can't YouTube your way to a doctor. I'm not taking no advice from a doctor over YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the medical field, obviously, I I do Mm -hmm. think teaching, you have to have some, to teach somebody else, you should have some formalized training on teaching people i think that's like understated people think because they could do math in school they could teach math which is something completely different so i think teaching is one thing you definitely have to go to school for right so i mean and if, and if the bachelor's degree is teaching you some soft skills some life skills yeah 
as you're going into college because you're on your own, then yeah, along with your discipline or whatever you're, you're studying, it should be it should be um, involving you with learning that as well because soft skills like punctuality. Hey, you know what? You yeah, you're talking about like time. <laughs> the whole thing, whole thing in itself. Appropriately, you know what I'm saying? Professionalism is a whole, like a whole, a whole separate thing. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many people don't know that, don't understand it, and don't get it. Don't so, get it. It's not yeah, now. I was showing my, I was showing my jaw. So. Yeah, you mean show up to work it. at the time you're supposed to be there and then eat breakfast? <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had a discussion with a woman um this week at my job. Um, and she was talking to me about like training protocol and stuff like that. She was advocating on behalf of somebody that we didn't hire getting additional training so it was a person that we didn't hire but they brought the person in early because they anticipated that the person would not be able to do certain responsibilities of the job um so they worked with the person the person wasn't able to do it and then they told the person that they weren't a good candidate because they weren't able to do whatever it was okay um the, um, the woman and her husband came in advocating on behalf of the person because that staff member was going to work with their loved one um and she was talking to me about like the training she was like yeah because you know you got to customize your training for people and it's that or whatever and, which is true in some regards sometimes you do have to it requires more yeah. training for other people but i was saying to her like all right so what do you do when you have situations where like you said kenyatta when there's people who just don't ever show up on time like what's the training for somebody who, who can't show up on time what's the training for um for somebody who you know no matter how many times you talk to them they do the same thing over like training is for technical aspects of the job soft skills is yeah like soft skills like being on time no knowing to be on time you know knowing that to dress a certain way or whatever like what is the training around that those kind of things well i will tell you this i tell everybody this at the job and i will tell everybody this now there's very few things you can control, but you know what you can control? Showing up and showing up on time. If you can't do those yeah. two things and your own effort, those are the only three things you can control at a job. Showing up, showing up on time, and your effort. Everything else is subject to change or whatever. And if you can't do those three things, you can get let go at any given point. And those are soft skills. They're not hard, bro. People make oh, it hard because they, I'm gonna say it. Fucking lazy. They don't want to get up. They don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to be accountable. Get your ass up. Where did you? Where did you? Where did you learn soft skills at though? When did you first learn, and where did you learn it at? And then I'm gonna tell you a story when I knew that I'm like, okay, the industry is recognizing that this may be an issue. The industry has noticed that this may be an issue. But where where did you learn soft skills from, and when did you learn it? I learned, them both early. I learned them early. I learned them um, recipes to my Aunt Mary. She was very punctual. I got up at seven o'clock every morning, like clockwork, bro, and mm-hmm. make my bed. Breakfast was done and I was ready outside. And then where it reinforced was when I went to private school about punctuality and dressing appropriately. And I stuck mm-hmm. with, even to this day, I hate being late. I do not like being yeah, late. I don't like being late either. Either, either on time mm-hmm. or I got a couple of minutes to eat a bagel or do whatever I need before I clock in or do whatever I got. Oh, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna punch in and eat your breakfast? No, nah, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that in, in my mind, my day is I already got my mind set for what I'm gonna mm-hmm. what I got to do once I punch mm-hmm. in. And it ain't eating. I've already ate. Yeah. So my my, my, my rearing came came early in life, bro. 
Yeah. Beth said you can't train someone to have work ethic. I agree. That's a yeah. fact. What about you, Kenyatta? When you when, when did you learn soft skills and when I mean, did you learn? I think early on for my mom, like she would go to work on time. She was sick. She would oh, she would have complaints, but she'd be doing extra work that other people supposed to be doing. Right. All mm -hmm. types of stuff like that. And um she was always like hustling to get it done and stuff like that. So watching her do it or something. And plus she always always liked to be on time and always always put a lot of that stuff in priority. So I just yeah. kind of followed that. About you, yeah. I would I would say the I would say the I would say the same. You know, I think it was instilled um from my parents. And um also like I think when I got my first summer job, you know, like realizing like okay. There's, there's a little bit of responsibility. Like you have to, yeah. these things that you have to do. Um, and then later in life, and then later in life, I think about when my daughter got her first summer job. And I remember she was like, well, we work four days out of the week. I was like, when I was doing a summer job, it was five days out of the week. She was like, no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then in Fridays, we have to go to like a seminar for life skills. So I was like, oh, oh like, tell me what, what kind of stuff? She was like, well, they talk to you about how you should dress for work. They talk to you oh. about, you know, that you should be on time for work and all these things. So I'm like, so somebody recognized within the industry, like this is a, this is a target area that we need to actually sit down with people and talk to them about the importance of if your yeah. work starts at nine, you need to be there at nine. I just don't, she was 14 years old. Why are we having this conversation with people that's 34 years old that know they start at 9 a.m.? They're not punctual. And it starts at home. If you allow a kid to sleep all day because they ain't got nothing to do, they bored, they're going to be lazy. When it's time for them to do something, they're not going to want to do it. Yeah. It's just vicious behavior. And if you condition anyone, if you condition yourself to do that, it's going to be hard to break it when it's time for you to need it. But you, mm -hmm. you know what happens? People don't realize they make things easy because I think everybody's looking for some kind of either instant gratification or instant retribution. So let's say you show up, let's say you you see you show up late today or something, and they tell you one time, listen, you know what? You can't be showing up late. The next two or three times they may not say nothing. Fourth time they be like, yeah, we we found somebody else. It's not working out. Now you mm -hmm. sitting here like, why they ain't tell me? It's not our responsibility to come and bark at you and yell at you every single time you do it. Mm. And so, you make it easy. And you do anything else, we can point to the fact, regardless if we want to or not, we can point to your latenesses, your timeliness, mm -hmm. all that time. Tardiness, taking mm -hmm. breaks, you got 40 yeah. breaks, you got to eat, you got to leave because you got to pick up your sister. Oh, let, let me read some of these IG comments. I'm going to tell you that. So, um, <laughs> Janelle says, some of you, Beth's that we had on the farm and if we missed it my parents had to drive us 15 miles we did not doodle you did, that's right you you, know, you ain't on the bus the parents got to make up for it that, believe it or not c-town on 169th street if you were late you could not pack bags there you How go teaching you to be on town. And then Demetrius said, Rob, um, your mother taught him the importance of how it is to work and, and to do what you got to do. She would work two jobs and look her best. And I must say she was a self-sufficient woman. So well, there you go. I watched my mom's go to work. The nine, the nine bus wasn't working. She walked to Jacoby in the snow. Mm -hmm. Or walked back. I was like, yeah, I can't be lazy. So, yeah. so you mean to tell me she ain't just go get back in the bed and I try again tomorrow? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. nah I'm good. Was not so talk about us. We, now, me and my sister might have been like, ah, oh, we ain't got to go to school. It's snowing. We're looking at mine like, 
man, she's still going. It's snow outside. Like, mm-hmm. right, yo, that's right. Yo, that's a that's a good, a really good segue to um to the next thing you're gonna talk about. Like, what's up with the weather recently? Like, and Rob brought this up. Like, with, with the weather pattern has been crazy, and now I see like they said like I guess through through Middle America like there's some some huge storm coming through that there's a possibility for rain and snow and check this out. I got a funny one for you that before you start a funny one. So we live on the we live in the northeast, right? Okay. You ever notice that the weather people now are trying to act like these things always used to always happen? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, regular, shit. regular flooding. What and regular then, flooding and what regular yeah. flooding? There's a reason for that because they don't want no one to either even be curious as to why. And I think people need to know why. And I'll just tell you this. Um, early in September, September 8th, I think it was, about eight flooding disasters happened on four continents simultaneously. Mm. Now, the thing about that is that what people are not paying attention to because you're watching the cat and everybody else distract the damn world <laughs> is there are a lot of polar caps that are melting. The reason why is that the planet is getting warm. Now, we already know the planet is three fourths mm-hmm. water. That means the planet is getting warm, warm or warmer Where's that evaporation going? Where's that water going? It's going up in this cloud. So you, so, so Rob, you believe it? You believe in global warming? It's not even a belief of whether it's global warming. This is the reason why we're talking about the weather. These things are not haphazardly happening. There's so much water on the planet, and there's so much water being uh, emptied into the ocean by way of polar caps and all that. When the when the planet warms mm-hmm. up. It has to naturally rise. We all drink tea. We see steam. That's how it goes. Sometimes people mm-hmm. forget when they when they're driving through fog. That's water. That still has to go somewhere. So when the planet is saturated and these things, it makes it easy for water to travel. It's funny. I'm reading a book by Bruce Lee about be water because <laughs> water has a, has a way of traveling wherever it needs to go. Yeah. So. I wanted to talk about weather because people are distracted and not paying attention and a lot of things are happening. Like the floods that are happening are happening happen from Libya to Greece, Turkey, South Brazil, Spain to China, Hong Kong, all the way to Texas and New Jersey, all at the same time. Yeah. Mm. This is not like it happened yesterday, oh the next month. On top of that is earthquakes and tsunamis, there's all sorts of things and they're happening, not coming on the news. They're not that they because they don't want nobody to panic, and I don't want you to panic either. My reason for bringing this up is to be aware of what's happening when the weather happens and just paying attention because you may need to know what to do if your power is out for five days. You have no internet, you're working from home now because now you're a remote person since the pandemic. How do you deal with that? These things are gonna happen, they're gonna happen more frequently and they're gonna happen in large mass. We just got some snow. They talked about six inches, right? No, I got a foot and a half. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to go out there be like, wow. And then the next day, it's 55 degrees and it's warm. Yeah, yeah. So there's conspiracy theories out there. There could be weather machines. Someone's playing with the weather, but we do live on a living planet. And at this point, it's happening everywhere bro it's not you can't man can't be in all in these same places at the same time making all this happen simultaneously at the same time bro yeah that's, that's I my mean, 
I don't know. I I don't I don't know if it's if if for me it's an issue of feeling like that the media is covering mm-hmm. up as so much as I think that there are a lot of people that's just in denial um about it that's why i said to you i was like oh so you believe in global warming i was kind of just saying it like to be facetious like i just think that there are still a lot of people who don't subscribe to the concept of global warming and that's why i say all the time like to me the simplest example of global warming is that when i was a kid every year it snowed on christmas yeah. now it could be 80 degrees on christmas you know that's yeah. i don't that's not coincidental um it's not coincidental spring is not the same summer's yeah. not the same nor is winter yeah, you mm-hmm. do you really need those heavy winter clothes like you used to need? No, I, I don't see it as much as frequently. And then when you look at it, look at we all grew up in the Bronx. And in your whole lifetime, have you ever seen? I know there was always flooding at times in Bronx in the Bronx, but have you ever seen cars get submerged? Yeah. yeah, where people gotta get rescued out of cars and people stand no. out of cars. Yeah. We've never seen that. Never in my life. Yeah. And it's only gonna persist. So don't wait until you look out your window and you're on the 12th floor and it's snow at your at your ledge. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but the people in their individual time should pay attention to what's around them. And a lot of times it's the nature. It's the nature of how things is moving mm-hmm. and happening on the planet. And we're too distracted not to be paying attention to that. Until, I mean, we see in the videos when it rains in New York. You would think all that water going down the train stations, it looked crazy. Yeah. 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 And now it's starting to be more, much more common. Beth said in Saskatchewan, Canada, we had no snow until the first week in January. That's not normal. Wow. It's not normal, bro. Yeah, that's not. And it's and it's you and that's further north. So it's already warm up there. Like I said, them caps are turning over. <laughs> Did you see that now that they're starting to make um make companies or make place people in home locations? Like I know in New York, New Jersey, before you sell those houses, they gotta let you know whether you're in the flood zone or not. Yeah. And don't yeah. buy no new cars because all them cars that's happening in Japan, Hong Kong, they're gonna send over here. They're gonna have flood damage. Yeah, pull up the road. <laughs> Watch the <laughs> Nissans and all the Toyotas that you buy. Yeah, you, you talking about the mate? Remember Major Auto Rock? Tsunami, yeah, tsunami cars. <laughs> Get you a brand new tsunami car. That's my oh, alert. Man. That's my alert for people, man. Like, wow. You know, we're, we're sensationalizing ourselves with social media and our individual lives. If you're out there working for yourself, please pay attention to what the weather is doing. It's above your head. It affects you, whether you believe mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it may not stop the way we think it should stop. It's, it's going to continue going. So we're all going to have to change because of it. Yeah. 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 What do you guys think about um, the story that recently came out about the 215 bodies found and graves behind the Mississippi State Prison? Now, when I originally saw the story, I thought that they were alluding to that these were prisoners um, yeah, from the prison that, that something happened to them and that they was just burying them behind there. But then after close research, it just seems like like that was like that was just like the dumping ground for like that was their version of Potter's Field where they were just putting people at. And the sad thing about it is that they were putting people back there without even giving families an opportunity to identify the bodies. You know, like in one one situation, I don't know if y'all heard about this. In one situation, there was a gentleman that was hit by the police, like hit by a cop car, and his parents was trying to find him. He got hit by a cop car 10 minutes from his home, they said. And the mom ended up finding out that he was buried mm-hmm. back there in an unmarked grave after mm-hmm. several years. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, man, the, man, the man still had his wallet and his ID and all that in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So how is he unidentified if he got all that information on him? Well, I think that, in, that, in that case, there might have been something else going, going on. <laughs> the police. Part, how are you? I, how, how are you unidentified? And your ID, your medical card, all of that is in your wallet. So they, they didn't want to identify him. That's what that was. When they zoomed the body, oh, what's this? Oh, here he is. <laughs> now, here's the other thing. Did you hear that they're charging? They're charging them to, um, to retrieve their loved ones, to dig their oh. loved ones up. There's a fee associated with them. With it. So you want to charge me after you just uh, sent the body that you want yep. to charge me for? That you, uh, that you was hiding my loved one? Yeah. And it ain't yeah. just black people, too. It's some white people that have been in there, too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's everybody. everybody. That's everybody. just like the dumping ground. Dog, cat, yeah. everything was being buried back there. So, so you know, I wonder, though, I wonder because... You ever, have you ever seen, it's, it's, I mean, it's morbid, but it's interesting. Have you ever seen like the photos online or like um, like Potter's Field? They were showing it a lot, like during the pandemic yeah, because they were showing, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. They, they have, they just, they dig dirt, throw mm-hmm. you in, that's it. that's it. Yeah. You yeah. don't know that. And that's why a lot of times when certain buildings are being erected, they got it. When they go and they go into digging, they digging up graves, bro. There's been mm-hmm. so many different places on this planet. And when you go to excavate and want to do certain things, bodies everywhere. Bones, bro. You got to move so much. I, that, that's, I seen a sister talk about this on one, one of the platforms. And she was like, hmm. Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi in particular, this has a history of sundown at six type of thing. Like, you need not to be outside on the oh, sundown. I can see that in Mississippi. That and that area is known for that. My, my concern is the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi is a black man. So how do you handle that when you got to go to the chief of police or deputy or whoever the hell mm-hmm. it is? Explain to him, like, how y'all putting bodies behind the prison, bro? Like, yo, but they, it got to be more than the police. Yeah. Who, who tipped that person to find this body back there? And they ain't prisoners. Like, they, <laughs> they, they're actually telling prisoners to dig up the holes to dump them in and hide. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, what the fuck is that? Don't it, doesn't it sound like, though, like almost like a fraternity kind of thing? Like, it was just like a, a group of clearly a people who knew like this is a place where we dump the bodies we just toss them in here yeah there's a whole a whole group of people that had to know about it and now now the cats out of the bag so what's the problem well you gotta figure like you said this man is left holding the bag now he's got to answer for this somehow and Mm. listen bro whoever's involved they all need to get shooken down they should be well, Ben Crump, you know, like, I think one of the families hired Ben Crump, attorney Ben Crump. Oh, yeah. He's out ben there. He's supposed to be. Yeah, he, he's supposed he's to be. He's involved. You he's know, he's on it. Yeah, he's gonna make. He's gonna make do. Of putting some light onto that and, and come up with a um, with a victory for the families because, like I said, it's not it's not just a bunch of black families, man. I seen a couple of a couple of white families out there. Like, I lost a loved one. He's buried behind the prison. So what are they doing? He's knocking off people. Ah, I don't report this. You know what? I mean, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure it's, it's, it's probably more socio-economical than than race. 
<laughs> well, here's the thing. It costs now. I would agree. So it's cost. The cost is $250 to $750 to, um, to retrieve the body. Yeah, and that covers the cost of the, retrieving the body and you get a death certificate for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, this body over here now pay us to get it back and why is the federal why is the federal government not involved with this not from from said he's he's enlisting the federal government to do a full investigation on how it started when it started why they put him out there they only you know, they, number in a poll like mm-hmm. they try to move away from that they try to distance themselves as much as possible from that we should keep an eye on this, bro. For real, I'm not let this. I mean, I'm, yeah, because of course, nobody, the federal government. I'm sure I wouldn't want the, um, I wouldn't want the responsibility either. You know, I wouldn't take ownership, but it's, it certainly warrants an investigation. Like, where did this come from? How did this start? How do so, we get to it? 215 people. That's a lot <laughs> of families, bro. Beth talking about uh, laying somebody down. She said, if it was my son, somebody wouldn't be alive. <laughs> I, I, I think Beth. <laughs> she play. She I know that's right though. Come on, man. But serious, like, like you looking for your child? Wallet, ID in his wallet. Yeah, we can identify him. I, I pray none of none none of my friends, none of my loved ones, none of you guys have to deal with a missing child. So they go through a missing child, missing person scenario, and you know mm-hmm. something happened, but then you find out, and then you get a tip. Somebody buried behind the jail. What? The, what, the, what? Yeah. What are you going? Yeah. What do you mean? And then, what do you then, come, then come to find out that he is in there. Well, they had you had a thing. So, I, so you get that? Out. You get that tip? You get that tip? Where do you start at? What you just go back? They, you think they just went back there and dug everybody up and, and started saying like, we gotta, we gotta look. So clearly, if they found the dude's wallet, he was still fully clothed. They just dumped yeah, his body back there. Right, I think right, they were right. just trying to avoid avoid dealing with the parents and stuff. You remember the, the police just said we were hit him with the car. That's a that's a big a big investigation right there. And that family that you're referring to, shot I think three months or three years prior, she had lost her brother to a killing by the same police department. That mm-hmm. it was already it was already an investigation on her brother for wrongdoing yeah. by that same police department just to find her son. Either three months or three years later, that her son is buried in that yeah. same in that that potter's field. Mm-hmm. All his clothes and his wallet and all that, and that's how you find out your son is not yeah. missing. That doesn't seem coincidental. Not <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, not at all. It just seems like a pattern of behavior in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's not. I would agree to that. So I finally got a chance. I finally got a chance to get through the um Cat Williams interview. I got through (laughs) one, but I know he got a second one. A second one out there. Um, everybody has like like different opinions on it. One of the things I keep seeing people talking about is how Cat Williams, I guess, um, supposedly outed a lot of people, and you know, like how he's just he's like a like like folklore a legend a hero now um i'm trying to think of like in the interview did he say anything that y'all didn't already know or anything that was like outwardly surprised it was more entertainment than anything to me i don't i didn't really hear anything that made me be like this is something i didn't know how about like i like a phrase that he said he said um i'm i'm the master of my masters (laughs) What he was saying was, I'm not selling nothing I create. 
all yeah. my shit was mine. And he was referring to the Ricky Smiley thing when, you know, Ricky Smiley said he had the right of money Mike and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cat hilarious. Cat, let me tell you something. Cat Cat is always gonna be of a different breed because he sees he sees information in light not like everybody else. He's not for the status quo. He's not gonna go for the okey doke. He's gonna question things. He's a wise cat. According to him, he's been on his own since he's been like twelve. And yeah. his story is is it's captivating because as he's telling this story, you you it feels like he's giving you an honest rendition of what he went through and how he went through it. And I can't, and, it's, and it and leaves no question. So when I look at how he's, 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 he's blasting everybody, it's like, this cat knows something a little bit about everything that most people don't think he does know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We the question what he does. Now, if he has receipts as he claims he does, well, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with that? You know what I mean? This guy, let me tell you something, man. He's a smart guy. I'm gonna tell you that. And he makes a lot of bread. He may not, you may not like what he says. And most mm-hmm. most people like that are, are like that. They they they're still provocative, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. They'll come off very edgy. And they like that. And, and yeah. you catch that one instead of you need a I need a hater. I need somebody to hate my ass. Like he relishes on that because he knows that people are, are, are emotional enough to give into shit like that. You know what yeah. I love about Cat Williams that I, I nobody could ever take from him? The fact that he actually paid for um, Melba, Melba Moore's yeah. um, Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Like, I thought that was I thought that was admirable. And then for, for people watching, if you haven't seen, we got an interview on this channel, too, where we interview Melba Moore. But a lot of the stuff that he said, like I said, I found it was entertaining. You know, it's comical to me. But um, it's pretty much cat. Yeah, but aside, he didn't say anything like the joke stealing and stuff like that. I knew joke stealing went on in comedy. Yeah. I knew comedians had writers. You know, as far as Steve Harvey's hairpiece, that's been speculated for years. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, it's just like you know, like I, I, I don't know. But to me, I wasn't. It was humorous. Um, the stuff that was interesting though too was like the part around Kevin Hart. Where he was talking about like Kevin Hart is a, I think a double agent or a transplant or something <laughs> like that and questioning his, his comedic credential. Um, yeah, I when I see stuff like that, I kind of I want to know why though. I always struggle with the fact that like damn, like we live we live in a day and time that anytime anybody gets some level of success, especially a black man or whatever, people always say that you know how you call it like yo they a plant, they Illuminati. They, um, yeah. they didn't sold out across they, 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 they took it in the butt and that's how they got there <laughs> oh yeah and a lot of that could be true a lot of that could be false but the only person that would have to deal with any of that is the person that put themselves through it putting them putting someone on blast mm-hmm. because of it to uh you know, get likes or get whatever it is <laughs> you're, you're looking to receive out there i think that's uh, disgenuous, but people do it. This business, it's the way, mm-hmm. it's the, way the world works, the way the machine works. Look, yo, Shannon Shop, a couple, his joint got forty-five million views, bro. Yeah. Yo, like, yo, here's another thing that um, prior to that interview, 
Yo, prior to that interview, Cat Williams had his his show in Bridgeport, and it kept coming up on my Instagram feed. So one time I clicked on it, and I was like, I wonder how much the tickets are. It was like $130 to sit on the floor. Well, after that interview, I clicked on it again, $700 to sit on the floor. Mm-hmm. Ticket or whatever. I've seen Cat Williams in concert before. I wasn't overly impressed. I think, you know, I think he's funny. He says yeah. funny things, but again, like the stuff that he was saying, it was more than anything. It was like watching somebody get roasted, like somebody <laughs> snapping on somebody kind of was, thing. Like I didn't really take anything away yeah. from it that I that I I didn't know. What did you some think of, the, of it, Ken? Some of the stuff is hilarious, though. I, I gotta say that Ricky Smiley clause, like you know, my contract. Whenever I work with Ricky Smiley, you gotta wear a dress. That's the only time I, I got that written in my contract. Contract, and you remember, you remember that movie first Sunday? What was Ricky Smiley addressed mm. in that movie? I'm a nice dude. Yeah, but I don't think any of this stuff is like stuff that people didn't know as far as people stealing jokes and different stuff. But I, I did think that you know what? I, I think sometimes it's just a matter of like level setting because you notice he ain't say nothing like to you about people like Dave Chappelle. D.L. Hughley, those type of guys. I think mm-hmm. some of these guys do get a little bit above themselves. And a lot of times it is corny, like the way, way it is. Because I'm sure in every profession there is, and all, especially entertainment, they are gatekeepers. Where if you yeah. get in with this particular group, you can mm-hmm. move forward. And if you're trying to do your own thing on the outside, it's a lot harder. So I, yeah. I, I can believe that. Like like yeah, some of these shows and different things, that's, that's not, not unbelievable. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been discredited though. You know, they always say that he got a drug problem or he's crazy. Or so there, there, there had definitely has been a lot of defamation of his character yeah, um, and yeah. horrible things said about him. Um, you know, hopefully, like this, this he's been rejuvenated and hopefully he takes this spark and run with it and do something with it. But I don't know. I, I just watched it. And I, like I said, I found humor in it, but I was like, I don't really hear anything because I, I hadn't seen it. And I know you all saw it last time we was on. He's talking like briefly about it. And everybody was telling me, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. So I watched it like in bits and pieces and everything. And I was like, oh, OK, no. Um, oh, OK, OK. But it was stuff that I had already heard. And now, like sometimes I watch videos online and people are like, yeah, because this person got a a writer and Kevin Hart got people writing for him and it's that and I'm like in the comedy game it's pretty common that people got writers you know, yeah you know what I'm enjoying out of this the wave of propaganda like the power of curiosity is, is, is crazy because all you gotta do is say yo did you hear what someone said <laughs> everyone is going that way before you know it here we are you know it's, it's the topic of conversation and mm. I wish that happened for more things. You know what I mean? Where if, if, if there's some information out there worthy of knowing, that we should be running to it to get to know it. But well, we talked about that last show, though, Rob. Remember when we were talking? That's what we, remember we were talking about Diddy, and I was like, you know, why are we more inclined to believe the stuff that's messy? Like we want to, we gonna run yeah. towards that. We want to get that than the yeah. you know the positive information. You figure it's, it's a cultural thing. Think about it this way. We're talking about writers and comedy. Same thing like this. You know, we writers and rap, mm-hmm. writers and other music. You don't hear nobody talking about uh, oh, you got a writer in country music, that country music singer had a writer. Nobody says that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so Bosch365 says Cap popped it off. 2024, the year, the year of exposing. <laughs> the year of expose. Um, yo, we used to have a segment. We used to have a segment. We haven't done it in a long time, but I figured, like, in the spirit of Cat Williams, we bring the segment back. And we call the segment Gimme Five. 
um you know so we usually have like random different things you know it could be like give me your five the five worst movies of all time to you you know your five favorite dishes the 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 the, the five uh best act all time so in the spirit cat williams give me five i want to hear both of your your five favorite comedians and why who, who wants to start I, i'll start hey y'all uh eddie murphy eddie murphy is the is the, the blueprint mm-hmm. for all of these dudes you see out here and he followed behind like guys like richard pride but eddie murphy really perfected it in the blueprint you got uh martin lawrence martin did his own thing martin really was the person that branched out with all those impressions and stuff like that so you got him I like Dave Chappelle. I think Dave Chappelle was him. He's one of the people that, like, he says some of the best stories. Dave Chappelle comes full circle. So Dave Chappelle's the only person I heard say something like, I kicked him in. And then he's like, you'll understand in the end. <laughs> and he goes mm-hmm. full, full topic with that. Um, I think, you know, I, I like Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart has a lot of, I don't right. care whether he writes the material or not. Because, I mean, it's still the <laughs> delivery. Right, you got the, the, what, the, the Red Cup boys? Yeah. So yeah, he, you know, I don't think he doesn't boy. think he makes any qualms about it, but he has a lot of lot of funny stuff. I think I even think some of his stuff got even even funnier when he ended up having to get into more his personal life. So wow. I thought that that was better for him. And I like, believe it or not, I like I like him. I like Cat. I like Cat, and I was you know who was on the fence with? I like Lavelle Crawford. Yeah. For the people that's in the chat, for the people that's in the chat, give me your five. Also, Beth said George Carlin. I George Carlin. I had one of my two. I like George Carlin. Rob, give, what's your five? Man, she said George. Nah, Carlin. they no, she they don't. They don't black. have to be black. Five. No, they don't have to be black. I like, I, like, I like polarizing. I like polarizing comedians uh, too. That's crazy. I didn't even think about George Carlin. I, I I tell you this, my the first co- comedian I really liked growing up before Eddie Murphy was Whoopi Goldberg. Really? I did. She did a. She did a. Great. Listen, she did an HBO special back in the days that I thought was the funniest shit ever. But that's my story. Oh, okay. My, my five is Richard Pryor. Yep. Okay. And. The same reason why I like the next four because Richard Pryor gave you his. his Wait, Rob, hold on. Whoop, Whoopi's not on there? No, nah, Whoopi's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. It was that one stand up, and, and after that, it was no, it was no other stand ups after that. But uh-huh. she got me into liking comedy. Like, to see someone stand up and talk about themselves and go through the stories she went through, she told good stories too. I was like, oh, shit. And I was able to sit up and watch my mother allow me to watch that. So that was my introduction. But then when Eddie came, of course, you know, that was another polarizing figure that just like, this thing is cursing. Like, I want to curse in the street. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Damon Wayans, um, Dave Chappelle, and Chris Rock. I like all, I like all of them because of how they tell stories. Yeah stories and about their family, about their cousin, about their mother, or if they've created a fucking character. Yeah, you know, I forgot forgot all about Chris Rock. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty good. Characters that they create for the stories that they tell. I tell you, man, I don't I don't hurt my stomach laughing at these stuff. So I got I got um Eddie Murphy. You got Eddie Murphy too, right, Rob? 
I had Eddie we all had Eddie Murphy. He's your name. Eddie Murphy. You know why I had Eddie Murphy? Because Eddie Murphy to me is one of the few people that from stage they translated to box office superstar. Like he to me, he was like in the 80s, the first guy that you really you really Michael saw. Jordan, they were box office hit. Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black like, man. And, yeah. Think about it. Him, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. That was the 80s. That was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Then I got um Mel Brooks. I've always liked Mel Brooks. Yeah. Um, also like it's like like yeah, like Spaceballs and things like Baseball, that. Mel Brooks. Yeah. It was it was a toss up between Mel Brooks and George Carlin. Um Dave Chappelle, I put and I put Dave Chappelle because I think to me nobody tells a story like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle will keep you roped in, you know, for a long time and you just you you sit and you watch. You gotta, you gotta sit and wait for the cliffhanger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle, I think, and you know what it is? I think also seeing the growth of Dave Chappelle from like half baked and oh, yeah. to what he is, what he is now. Um Tracy Morgan. And I said Tracy Morgan. You know what I like you know what I like about Tracy Morgan? To me, Tracy Morgan is a hook comedian. Like the stuff he's saying, you can relate to if at some point in time you lived in the projects or lived around the projects. Yeah. You finished? You finish? I was going to say so. Um, no, I got, I, then I got Richard Pryor. Um, yeah. And I got Richard Pryor because I think Richard Pryor was pretty much like a mentor and sort of, you know, there was Red Fox before uh, Richard Pryor, but yeah. I think Richard Pryor was like the first person that was like candid, open. You know, really raw, like even about like his own life, and then lastly, like my honorable mention, I always like everybody be like, "Yo, you like him? He's not funny." DL Hughley, I like DL Hughley. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't find him funny. I was on the fence with a lot of guys. Son. Yeah, Bruce, there's a lot of guys that I like. You like I Bruce? 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 I like Bruce. <laughs> I had to stick with the core. Of, of the guys, and I was on the face with Trent with, with, with Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan has this character. I don't know if y'all guys remember on Comedy Central, is Comedy Central or Comedy Channel or something? They had this show called Crank Yankee. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, with he the puppets. Played, when he plays Spoonie <laughs> Love from Up Above. I remember. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Mm. If anybody want, yo, you want to mm. piss your fucking pants, go yeah. YouTube and go crank anchors. Anything crank anchors, but go look for Spoonie yeah. Love Above, played by the voiceover by Tracy Morgan. I that. Um, I was on, I was on the fence with um Chris Rock too. Like I like Chris Rock a lot. His last, like his last, the last joint he had, it was, it was okay. It wasn't that great. I like the older Chris Rock material. The same thing about Kevin Hart. Like, I just never found Kevin Hart to be, like, really funny, funny like that. Yeah, like, um... Funny. But his older material used to really make... His, I thought his older stuff, when he used to talk, like, about his dad, like, all right, all right, all right, you're gonna learn today. <laughs> like, that's when I thought he was funny. But now, yeah. look at him, I'm like, eh, you know, he has a different type of humor that I really, I guess it's not for me. Um... My, my, Who my else little is another person? My mother said, um, remember Dice Clay? Hey, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know who? Um, Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield was hilarious also. Larry David. Larry David, I yeah. Know, yeah, I, I, 
it was it's all right but i know i just never was like a big i never was a big, big, big fan. I never was like a seinfeld fan really that much either um they just weren't for me funny stand-up like years ago like people like i never thought i'd be watching a stand-up robin williams yo he was hilarious he was a he was a comedic genius yeah robin williams had funny stand-ups there was a whole circuit of them robin robin williams um richard pryor was in there God, I'm, I gotta, I can see it all the top, but I can't think of their yeah, names. Yeah, so a whole cool. slew of them, bro. A whole slew of them old school comedians, and they would, they would do. Because Richard Pryor had a show, and on his show, um, Paul, Paul Mooney was a writer. Paul yeah. Mooney, right there. That's how I was trying to get. Paul Mooney, look at that. Yeah, Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. Um, Beth, Beth said Bill Burr. Bill Burr is hilarious too. I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever watched F is for Family on Netflix? Nah. Yeah. I see that. Yo, if you see Efforts for Family on Netflix, the um, it's a it's a it's a cartoon, but I guess it's supposed to be like loosely based on his childhood and and, mm-hmm. and his dad or whatever. Like, yeah, he's a hilarious dude. I like Bill Burr also. Um, who else is good? Now you said who said can y'all said Lavelle Crawford? Lavelle yeah. Crawford to me is hit or miss. I seen like a couple of standups by him that I really really like. I, yo, I can't even believe I'm gonna say this in public, but you know who had one good stand up too. That you be like, nah, get out of here. Similar to your Whoopi Rob, oh, Simbad had a good stand up. Oh, not Simbad. <laughs> Simbad. Simbad. He's a, he's a throwback Cosby because he didn't use any profanity, but a little bit theatrical. But I remember him on Comic View and all that too. Like he, he'll carry, mm-hmm. he can carry a good stand up. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, nah, he had he had he had a good stand up. I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, Sinbad would have stand up. He had a few of them too. He had a few of them that were that were all right. And then you know, mm-hmm. his face. That's not stand up yeah. too bad either. Um, some of them, Marlon Williams, the Wayne Boys, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw Marlon Williams in concert at um Caroline's before. It was like, eh. yeah. I, I tell you, I saw him in concert and I was. Like, Impressed. I saw Chris Tucker before, and I was like, eh, wasn't really impressed. I saw Chappelle. Yeah, Tommy Davidson was. She's okay to me. She's basically like a female Chris Rock. Yeah, I don't find Tommy Davidson really. He wasn't funny at all. It seemed like they was having Um, (laughs) terrible. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a funny Damon Wayne stand up before. Um, sorry, I can, I can see why. I don't know who said who said Damon Wayne's. Did one of y'all say Damon yeah, Wayne's? Donnie said Corey Holcomb. Corey Holcomb is Corey Holcomb is about Corey shocking. Holcomb is funny, yeah. But Corey to me, to me, Corey Holcomb is yo, Corey Holcomb to me is Tracy Morgan, the Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Patrice O'Neill. I used to love Patrice, Patrice O'Neill, O'Neil, right? O'Neil passed away. Kenyatta, you may not remember. I remember one night we went to like a comedy club down in the city. Um, it was, this was years, years ago, and Patrice O'Neill was there performing. I remember coming outside, and he was like chilling outside reading the newspaper. Oh, that's and when then, that fool huh? Tommy Davidson was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patrice O'Neill was, yeah, he 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 passed away very young, but Patrice O'Neill was very hilarious. Young. He was good, he was nice. He was yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Cat Williams, I saw in concert also. Cat Williams, it was it was okay. It was okay. I saw um Mike Epps also. I'd have, I'd have probably preferred to see Omar Epps <laughs> in person. But yeah, I saw Mike Epps before in concert also. Um, he was like, eh. 
It wasn't, you yeah. know. Everyone else falls in the, in the shadows a little bit. They have they have hit or miss shows, or hit or miss little spots every now and then. Yeah. Um, JB Smooth, you know, even Mike Epps. Mike Epps. I've seen someone. I was like, ah, right, you can't keep doing the fucking crazy. You can't keep doing that joke, son. I haven't seen that joke. In all your specials now. Yo, what do you, what do you, yo, per, yo, Rob. Personal feelings aside, what do you think of Ari Spears? Oh. Personal feelings aside, Ari Spears is a dope. He's another provocative one. I, I respect mm-hmm. him. I respect the craft, even though he won't fuck with us, but that's okay. I you like Jay Farrell? You like Jay Farrell? Jay Farrell, I fucked with him too. I'm not really that. I, I remember he had a show on. I just, I've never really been like sold on him per se. Um, um, I know I've seen Michael Che before. Michael Che is so okay. Yeah. He's okay. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, it's hit or miss. Like, sometimes people have a good special. Sometimes people have some horrible. Like, to me, I think the, what was the joint that Martin did? Run to that? Run to that. To me, that was terrible. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I wasn't, but you so crazy was good. That was crazy. Run to that. <laughs> right? Somebody, somebody told me you should throw another stand up, chase the bag. Nah, you should have left that one alone, bro. But that hot ass leather jersey he had on. Yeah. Nah, he was sweating up there. He was struggling. He was—I I seen it like. Nah. But you know what? The funny part though about that is when he when he um told the story about how about they found him. Out. Out? Yeah, he passed out on the lawn. Yeah, I was just jogging. Nah, I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you, yo, another 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 person that yo, I, and I'm sorry. I'm look for people that's watching this. I'm sorry if this upsets you, but I don't find Cedric the, the entertainer to be no. funny. Because he's not. He's out of Cedric. He's not funny. He's a, he's a, he's a, you know what it is? To, to hip-hop, he's, he's Flavor Flav. He's the ad-libs. <laughs> Cedric's the ad-libs. He, he, can, he can extend something. Yeah, like, he's a, a comedic mascot. You want to hear something Paris. interesting about this whole conversation? You know nobody mentioned Bill Cosby? No, in the comments, I think Beth said something about... Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill Cosby. Or Bernie Cosby wasn't always the clean. Yeah, or Bernie. Bill Cosby wasn't always the clean comedian either. I'm just trying to think like I, you got you got to um, Bernie Mac. Like Bernie Mac. What Hold about on. John? What about John Witherspoon? Bill Cosby special with him cussing. Yeah, he used to have records with him cussing. I need to get those. I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's so what I so let's take it to the females. What about um some more? She's funny. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish. No, I don't fuck with Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> 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 I mean, I watched the whole thing at home. Like, I like I mean, that was all bad. Though. It wasn't that good. I though. like um. I've never funny. seen a funny Tiffany Haddish stand up. There isn't none. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I I'm. She's, she's another. She's another spotty comedian. Like she has her moments. She can't keep her special. And that's what what Cat was saying. It's hard to keep a. You gotta have fresh joints, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about, stuff, is, is what about Monique? Funny. I thought Monique was funny. Her last joint wasn't was funny, funny to me though. Nah, I think she, Girl, was, she um, was too much. She was too much of the feelings on that last one. <laughs> She got big teeth. That's all I know. Oh, I know you're talking about. Um, Adele Giving. 
Yeah, that's uh, no, and there's another one too. Cheryl. His name is Cheryl, Cheryl. something. Cheryl no, Underwood. Cheryl. Cheryl Underwood? Cheryl Underwood. Oh. Boss three sixty five. Tiffany is funny at the barbecue. Not yes, in no barbecue. Yeah, we ain't got no barbecue. She ain't funny. Get out of here with that. Nah, I just I've never I don't think I've ever heard Tiffany had to say anything funny. Wanda Sykes. I, mean, I, I probably would watch Whoopi Goldberg stand up before her. Nah, I wouldn't watch. Yeah, she's funny in movies, though. In movies, she's funny. Whoopi got a, Whoopi got a stand in 1984, HBO, son. I remember it. Yo, I'm trying to think what movie... I'm Because I've seen Tiffany Haddish in movies before. Like, what was she was she in Night School with Kevin Hart? I don't really yeah. remember. I don't know. To me, it's... I, yeah, she's, she I just don't find it. Um, the one where she got out of jail and... um. Whoopi was a Whoopi was her and the other girl's mother. Yeah, I think I've seen that, and it was dry too. Was remember. that a Tyler Perry production? I don't think it was because that's when Ghost Ghost was the boyfriend. Oh, that was Tyler Perry ain't seen. Nah, nah, nah ain't he that. Ain't, that budget's beyond that. He couldn't get them all for four hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, bosses, Wanda Sykes is probably the best all-around female comic. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, she's good. I watched the special. Nah, she's tight. She has a couple of specials, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like her and um, 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 and Epps. They got a um, a Netflix special called Upside or Uptown or something like that. Yeah, oh yeah. That's pretty dope. A little, a little uh, sitcom. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. What nah. about um, what about talent? Rob Stapleton, them kind of dudes. It's just comedy. <laughs> the BBQ's comedians. Do, do, yeah, those, those are them <laughs> Casa and Fuego guys, son. <laughs> <laughs> the yo, for the, yo, for the people from the... Yo, Rob, Rob, hold on, hold on. For the people that's not from New York City, yeah. <laughs> tell, them, tell, them what, tell them what that means. <laughs> Casa and Fuego. <laughs> I think it's called salsa con fuego. Also, salsa, salsa, huevo, and fuego. That that place is just like BBQs, man. You, listen, man. Dude, I seen, I think, I seen things go left for them in all places where they go in there and they think they got the win, and people in the crowd is on it. It's on it, son. They not going for it, son. That's worse than the Apollo. Get out of here, man. Yo, casa and fuego. House is hot. That's on fire. Yo, but is here's something though. Here's something that's a fact though. Like to kind of summarize this, um, and I think it was I think I heard Ari Spears say, and I was like, yeah, that's true. All of it is subjective. It depends on what like your brand of humor is, right? So you know, you anybody can say yo, Cat Williams the greatest comedian of all time, Richard Pryor the greatest comedian of all time, um, Red Fox, whoever. All of it is subjective. It's just a matter of what appeals to you. And what your brand of humor is. So, um, you know, like I, you guys name people that to me, I'm like, eh, well, you know, not it, it's not for me. Um, but I'm sure I name people that you like, yo, ooh, you what? You like Mel Brooks? Um, Mel Brooks, like, damn, you dug in the crates for that one. Mel Brooks, boy, yo, you ain't like Spaceballs? I love Spaceballs. You know what? I, I like um, <laughs> Life um, Stinks. Yo, no, the, the entire cast of Carol Burnett. Cal Burnett was a great show. That was a good one. Dope ass yeah. variety show with, with 
Tim McCormick. What was them names? Tim Tim McCormick. Yeah. Yo, is Ashley Larry? Is Ashley Larry a salsa con fuego comedian? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I've seen him, Michael. Like, like, I was just laughing at me because I said Casa and Fuego. She's digging on me. I think I've seen him doing comedian at an amateur boxing match. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know where it is, too. So. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yo, <laughs> Casa and Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> salsa con fuego off Major Deegan. Yeah. Right there on the corner. Right there. Mm-hmm. Yo, so um to wrap up. To wrap up. The remarks oh. relates to relates to comedians, to anything we discussed tonight. Any closing remarks? Closing remarks? Yeah, yeah. What you got, bro? Yeah. I tell you what, like we talking about comedians and everything and something. You get some of these people out here not requiring degrees. And this weather, the jobs might have the last laugh on a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> the, the real joke might be on us. Listen, <laughs> Go ahead, and the thing about that too is that you know you you remove the bachelor degree and you open up. I just hope what I want to happen more in work or job market is the service got to get better. Somebody got to teach people customer service. Hmm. People are coming to work as if you know they're doing. Rob, this. you sound like you're speaking from an experience. Something happened recently. <laughs> no, I, I just know because I worked in service so long. I know what it is to give customer service and watch the satisfaction mm-hmm. on someone's face when you give it to them because mm-hmm. they either reward you or say, you know what, I had a great experience while here. You don't mm-hmm. get that anymore. No one is going forthright to give the experience of you being a buyer or a consumer. Mm. I mean, I worked a job at FAO Swords, but they taught you that. You know what I mean? They taught you how to sell something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have to be able to be people person. You got to be able to initiate. You got to know your product. You got to be able to, you know, smooth a little bit. Get the get, Sell a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. And service like that is passe. It's like, you know what you came in for. You need your receipt. All right, bye. What the fuck? Get out of here, man. It's this it's not yeah. where it needs for consumers to wanna buy. That's why you can go to you can go to Amazon what? when you ain't got to talk to nobody. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. I was about to you say, but do you think do you think that's the result now of people just believing that product, you know, like the, whatever the product is, it sells itself? I think I, I think that has something to do with it. Because most people most people like to shortcut their way into life to think, well, if you come that's what you came here for, I don't need to speak to it. But I need to know mm-hmm. if it works on both TVs. You know, I need to know if it can, is it compatible with something. That, yeah. That's what selling a product is. If you're there to work in retail or whatever it is, um, or if you're providing a service, if you're providing a service, I need to know what services you have, and there, are there any other alternative services that you can do mm-hmm. to help with that? You know what I mean? That's important for someone to know that. When you ain't got that, or oh, I get my manager, or oh, I don't know that yet, or they ain't trained me on that. Oh, this is. Yo, yo. So I got a, a, a quick story, an interesting experience I has as it relates to customer service. So I, there was a time I was going to buy a car, and I was looking around at different cars. So I went to um, first. I went to Honda, a Honda dealership, um, not too far from me. And for some reason, anytime I go to this Honda dealership, like service is always horrible. So the dude sold me the car. 
you know, um, did like a test drive and he gave me like a whole discussion about it, told me like all the bells and whistles, the features, all the stuff. Like he really went overboard to try to sell me the car. So from there, I went to the BMW dealership, you know, and I got in a car with the dude to test drive the BMW. And I was like, well, you tell me why I should get this over whatever it is. He was like, no, these, he was like, these cars sell themselves. He was like, if you hear, you've already, you've already researched it. He was like, I don't, I don't have to sell you on this car. If you hear clearly you interested and you, you know, or whatever. And I didn't, I didn't even buy it. Like, they, tell me something about the car. Do I have AM, FM? Did my seats heat up? Like, my nigga, Yo, selling dude, said, dude said nothing. He just sat, he just literally sat in the passenger seat and was like, yo, just go ahead, go for it. Drive whatever you want in it or whatever. And was like encouraging me, like, nah, go fast to see whatever. That was the extent of his sales pitch. He was like, these cars sell themselves. We don't, you don't have to. He's like, we don't do that. Yeah, that's why you probably That's why you Let me tell you. I, I can tell you a funny story, uh, a Bronx story. So you know, on Tremont, they got the Toyota right next to the right next to the um the Honda, right? Mm-hmm. right? Right over there. So I went in the Honda place. I was all set to like get an Accord, right? And I had like at the time I had like four or five thousand dollars down payment in cash. I went in the Honda place. I was walking around in circles, opening doors, looking at stuff, looking in stuff, looking at them, whatever. Never moved. Nobody moved. I walked right across with a mount of about six feet into the Toyota place and got a camera right in front of me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No service, bro. And that's, that's what I hope and pray and prove that, you know, I guess, you know, when when you come from discipline, bachelor's degree, any, any amount of discipline to get you eat, you have some sort of I don't know, responsibility to want to be courteous, I guess. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Because when people come to work, to work, they, they're like, I'm, I'm here for eight hours and I got to go. That shouldn't, in my opinion. You talking be- about people taking pride in their job. <laughs> you talking about people taking pride in their job, Rob. I, I don't know. You know, there are a lot of people that are employed doing things that they're unhappy with doing and that's not their passion, you know. Um, it's just a means to an end for them. So, you know, you, usually you can tell, like, you ever go someplace and you, you get customer service from a waiter and you could tell that even though they may not be making a ton of money that they really enjoy what they're doing because they're a people person, you know, or, or they like the job, whatever it is, they're just engaged. There are other people that is, you know, it's apparent. It's like, you know what, this is a check. They don't care. I got another funny story about that. So I went to like a Chili's, right? with the family and we ate in the restaurant the, the waiter was really cool I gave him a nice tip and everything else right three days later I'm in my neighborhood or something I got a flat tire I'm trying to get the flat tire you know who came over and helped me out with it the dude that was the waiter I didn't even yeah. know that he lived in the neighborhood the dude that was the waiter came over and helped yeah, me get that. the flat tire yeah. you see that look you at see that, that? Yeah. But yo, you know what? The flip side of that though is like, think about how difficult people are, are on people that's in the service industry. You know, so I would imagine that it got to be hard to keep, you know, to, to keep a straight face and to be excited about your work if people coming in there and just dumping every every issue they, they have on you and going off on you for no reason. You mean, you, know, you, mean you can't make up stuff that's not on the menu and get mad at them because they can't do it? <laughs> it does work both ways, bro. I do agree with that. Well, we want to thank everybody for pulling up, tuning in tonight. 
episode 179 of the No Ideas Original Podcast. Um, again, like I said, they should always go back. I encourage you to look through our catalog and see some of the interviews that we've done with various artists. And sometimes it's just us having conversations um, on our own, which seem to be a lot more entertaining, honestly, when we talk about these uh, these, these these current events. Um, but, you know, if you haven't already, you know, if you're watching us on IG, go over to our YouTube page. The link is in the bio. Um, subscribe to the channel. Give up a like. And um, again, go back, look at some of the catalog. With that, everybody, have a good night. Peace. Hey. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. Later.